Hello troops, Tom O'Hare from the Granite Zero podcast, welcome back to the next episode. But before we get into the meat and veg of this next episode, I'd like to give a quick shout out to some friends of mine that are helping me spread the word of the podcast, help me make the limited edition Granite Zero t-shirts that are available now. If you'd like to purchase one, message me. On Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. And we'll get the details out, and we'll get you sent a lovely, limited edition, once-in-a-lifetime-owned Granite Zero t-shirt. But this company that's helped me out is veteran-owned, veteran-run, and produce a top-quality product. And the company I'm talking about is Combat Fuel. Combat Fuel are a veteran-owned, veteran-run company that produce some of the greatest performance supplements that are out there. From your proteins to your pre-workouts, whatever you want, whatever you need, they will do it. And not only that, but they give a percentage of their profits to help for heroes. So, come on. Help out a veteran-owned company. Why not give back to charity at the same time? But you're saying to me now, you're going, Tomo, mate, I need a little bit of help. Well, here at the Granite Zero podcast, we can help you out, courtesy of your mate Tomo, which is myself. And I can give you 15% off with the promo code WARRIOR15. Type that out in the checkout box when you're ready to purchase these amazing products. WARRIOR15, get yourself 15% off. But this next episode of the Granite Zero podcast is going to be a special one to me. Because I have got the one and only Dr. Chris Smith on the phone, ready to record this podcast. Not only is he one of my best mates, but he's one of the three listeners that I have. <laughs> I've known Chris for 30 years. That's right, since I was two years old and we went to preschool together. So, there's going to be a lot of memories, a lot of chats and funny antics. And me and Chris, we... Don't always agree on everything, sure. But he's one of my best mates. He's very intelligent and just an overall fucking great guy. So without further ado, I give you the Granite Zero podcast with myself, Tomo, and Dr. Chris Smith. Hello, Charlie, Charlie One, this is Granite Zero. We are live on the Granite Zero podcast with Tomo and Dr. Chris Smith. Uh, He's a doctor. Do you know what? Yeah. Right, I've known you for fucking 30 years. I still don't know what you do for a living. And, and that will, it will stay like that. <laughs> it's just a secret. I can tell you if you want. I don't know if it's the type of thing that... that the folk on the podcast want to hear. Well, you're one of the three listeners, so it's all right. <laughs> you, Darren, and your mother. And, and, um, <laughs> My mum loves it as well, pal. Does she? I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I don't. I, I'm forever being about. told off for my language, though. That's the thing. Are you? Yeah. There's a shock. There's a shock. Yeah, I, I know. 
And I'm sure your mum's told me off of my language enough times as well. All the time. I, I think that's sort of one of her favourite pastimes was telling you off your language. It's <laughs> like so I said to Darren the other day. I use I use the F word as a filler. It's, yeah. it's my yeah, filler yeah. word, and I excessively use the C word, which I'm going to try not to use today. Yeah, well, you don't want to get demonetized now you're on YouTube with your little tick. Exactly. Blue tick, mate. Blue, blue tick. Mate, that that is rascal. As if that still fits. I know. I know. I, my, the old man, dad, my, my dad bought this for me when we went to watch WWF, as it was properly known. Back, I don't know how old I was. I would have been like six, right? Yeah. And the older brother went down to, to Birmingham to watch it, and I wanted the Ultimate Warrior T-shirt. And they didn't have it in, a, in any size that was sensible for a six-year-old. So I just went, well, I'll just buy you an adult one then. An adult one, mate. So and it's lasted later. They lasted this long, isn't it? Fits perfectly. Still goes, mate. Hasn't <laughs> worn away at all. Hasn't worn away. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, all my t-shirts fall apart, mate. Got the oh, there. mate. I bet you were gutted when he passed away. He, he just done like a thing, didn't he? He did like a big like induction. So they've got a hall of fame or something. Yeah, he did the hall of fame. Yeah. Big, and then he just—I mean, he was obviously on coke the whole time. Always, like, mate. Always, always. He was on coke and Mexican supplements. Yeah, oh yeah, all, all the way, all the way to the bank. But I mean, mate, how mad is it though? You remember being a kid watching wrestling and thinking that it was like super real. I think they try and say, don't they? Choreographed, yeah. Well, it's real in the fact that there are real people. Yeah. Um, but it's, it, there's no contest, is it? <laughs> uh, I remember seeing my mum doing a. We had a like Easter bunny, like Easter egg hunt around the house. Yeah. But, and I remember seeing my mum just like, like hiding eggs. And I was like, hang on. <laughs> hang on. Doing that, mother. What are you doing? You're... Yeah. What were you up to? I thought the Easter bunny was six foot two and two hundred and eighty pounds. Yeah, of pure muscle. Only five foot two. <laughs> and then there was once I remember I hid. I had a tooth come out and I hid it under the pillow. Didn't tell my parents. And then in the morning I woke up, went and told mum and dad that the tooth fairy had burned. And I remember I, I have no idea how old I was. And um, I remember my mum being like, obviously, like I woke her up to tell her the tooth fairy hadn't been. And she was like, What do you mean the tooth fairy hadn't been? And then, so she just like, wait outside. So she snuck, she went into my room and told me I had to wait outside. <laughs> and then she went in and I went in. And she's like, no, it had been. I've just checked. There's two throws in. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't be any more obvious, mate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then once I complained, this must have been earlier, because someone went up in assembly and they got a quid for a tooth and I only got 20p. And so my mum wrote a little message back as Mary the Tooth Fairy to say, I'm sorry. Mary? I gave you. 20p, um, here's, here's your extra 80p. <laughs> so, customer's always right, isn't it? Just always complain. Always, mate. Mary the Tooth Fairy. Yeah, Mary the Tooth, Mary the Tooth Fairy's come back because Imogen, um, so I've got two kids. Everyone who listens to this already knows that I've got two kids. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> for, those that, for, for those extra viewers. <laughs> the extra viewers. Um, 
yeah, I've got a, got a, a ten-month-old and a, and a three-year-old, and Emma's in the three-year-old, started hiding, like, stuff under her pillow, pretending they were teeth, these little books that we bought her. Yeah. And then, um, so we snuck in and, like, wrote a little message from Mary to say thank you, these aren't real teeth, but um, I wrote you a little message. And then she wrote a little message back to Mary. Sorry, oh, cute. that's cute, isn't it, mate? Sophia's got her second tooth is literally hanging off. Oh, no. And... Um, because she was shocked when I pulled the first one out. <laughs> no, I, I gave her a... She asked me. She asked me to do it, right? And I was like, yeah, no problem. And I went, three, two, one, and pulled it. And then because there was a bit more blood than she was expecting, that's now the end of the world. So it's like hanging off. And I'm like, I could literally just pull it out and it'll be done. And she's like, no, I'm going to let it do it myself. I was like, all right, whatever. Oh. But I've got Jess saying to Sophia, oh, let me punch it out. And it's like, Jess, you can't keep saying that. She went, well, she punched my tooth out. Equality, it's all about it. Yeah, well, because when Jess, when, when Jess had one of her wobbly teeth, she was annoying Sophia that much. So Sophia went, if you carry on, I'm going to punch you in the face. And Jess started going, yeah, whatever. So she did and knocked her tooth out. So now it's like, well, she did it to me. I want to do it to you. Bash. And but we'll see. It'll probably come out later. Yeah. Well, well I look forward to hearing about it in the next episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I enjoy my text messages like with with summaries of what's going on in the, in the podcast. As I'm listening to it, it's brilliant. <laughs> Always on the train. I've just sent you your, uh, the little two thumbs up that you gave. You said, "Is everything all right? Is it working?" And it was working fine. And then it's froze like that for ages <laughs> so I thought I'd better screenshot that and send it to you because it used to look perfect with the little oh, I like that mate that's come through as well that's cool that that was pretty cool hopefully that comes up on the video because that literally slid across my stream it's like yeah I was like oh well I like that mate that's good yeah uh, yeah I love it I'm, I'll, I'll be on the train um, in the morning I'll be like half asleep trying to do some work on something and listening um, and then <laughs> like, I can't remember what it was you were talking about last week with Darren but you had me in stitches and like you're not meant to laugh on full, fully packed trains it's just one of those things it's like an unwritten rule in it it's, yeah it's one of those unwritten rules don't talk to anyone on a train don't make eye contact and, and don't laugh <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the one time you have to talk to someone on a train is when you find out that there's a delay of more than 10 minutes yeah after a 10 minute delay you can each everyone can go uh, and then it, when someone sighed, other people are allowed to talk to you. Yeah. Or if you want to know if you're allowed to sit in that seat. Oh, yeah. Hi, is, there, is anyone sitting? Is that... Can I... Cool. That, that place you've got your bag, um, <laughs> and the whole train is full, is, is, anyone, is that a person or is that a bag? <laughs> could, you not, bag? could you not pick that bag up and put it... P- put it up. Put it up. Oh, if you can't pick it up, I'll do it. I'll do it for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because my legs are sore, and I'm on here for four hours. I'm on here for four hours. Do you know what? I'm that guy though. When if I get the when I used to get the train um, home, or when I came down to do the uh, the beacons, I got I got the train. I'm that guy that brings the full McDonald's, Burger King, KFC, whatever it is, and I just take over the the fucking table. Space. That's my space now. And then because I'm eating such disgusting fast food, 
No one wants to sit next to me. No, no, that's not the reason. <laughs> <laughs> no, they look at me and go, who's this guy? I'll get... I, I, I mean, so I spend so long on the train, I go up to Manchester and back every week, at least once a week. And um, I spend so much time on trains, I need to do some work on the train. And so sometimes it'll just be my laptop, or it might be you know, something else. But like, I'll get my laptop out, and I've got something to read, I'll get like that thing I need to read out. And I, I just, yeah, take up the whole space. But then, then you have to like pack it away, because the train on the way in is too full. Yeah. Too full. And you're not exactly a small guy either. I'm not a small human being, no. No. So what I've learned is I used to, I always try and get like one where, where there's like a little table, right? I always yeah, try yeah. and get a table. Um, and I used to sit in the aisle seat and I'd be the first one into the table because my train's at like 5, 5.40 in the morning or something. Treat yourself. So I'm, I'm on there first. I take the first one and then someone will come and they'll sit diagonal to you, right? You don't sit opposite the person. You don't sit next to the person. You sit diagonal to them. But then, if you sat in the aisle seat first, the next person that comes in comes and sits opposite you, and old matey by the window, who's a bit cramped because he's next to the window, he's got the leg space. So what you need to do, sit by the window. And everyone's going to be like, why are you sat by the window? That's a stupid move. You should sit by the aisle a bit more space. Nah, Chris knows. Play the whole game. Chris, Chris plays the game there. You need the fucking leg room, mate. I need the leg room, yeah. I don't. Well, you know, it's nice to have it, isn't it? Well, I, I, I could sit in a smart car and have legroom. <laughs> if, if it had back seats. Do you have a back seats? Did you ever go in that one? In the fast one? Yeah, the fast yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, actually no legroom. Well, not like, with your the size of your family, no. But, like, I don't know why they put those... It's basically a glorified place for your bag, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I don't know why they thought you could put some seats in the back of that car. I, I, I remember fitting in there. Well, maybe you did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you had something in the back, you had to put the seat, the front seat, so far forward. I, just... To be honest, though, I think I only went in the back when your mum might have driven it. So <laughs> I was alright. Yeah. Not, yeah. Not, not as cramped. I remember actually being sat when we were younger, um, being sat in the back, and I, my dad was driving. He said, Oh, do you want a bit more leg room, Chris? Uh, and I had my, I was like sat cross legged. You're not meant to sit cross legged on the seat, right? Um, and he just moved the car, he just moved it forward, like, and I was like, What? Cheers. Cheers, Big Phil. Cheers for that. Cheers, Phil. Cheers, Philip. Funny, mate. Do you, know, do you know what I was thinking the other day? Because I saw the advert for it, and every time I see the advert for it, I think of you, right? <laughs> yeah, it's the KFC advert, isn't it? Chicken Tuesdays. That's a Chicken thing. Tuesdays. We invented that. It was us. Yeah, yeah. It was us. We invented that at Hereford Sixth Form College. Yeah, Chicken Tuesdays, because we both had a free period, didn't we, after lunch? Yeah. Muggins here on the bike, the little ding ding. <laughs> hey Chris, what are we gonna do? Just I should have just like sat it on my lap and then just like no, but I took a full backpack. Two mega buckets though. <laughs> I, it was a lot of chicken. It was a lot of chicken. It was too too much. If anything, looking back, it was too much chicken. <laughs> Two mega buckets. That's a li- it was at least an eight piece. It was it was a lot of chicken. At least an eight piece. Each. And not the other bit, like the bread or whatever the other remain of chicken is. But the wing is the best bit. So we'd all be like, do you want that wing? 
But it was always, we've got the eight-piece chicken each, but then each one came with four fries. We're not going to eat four fries. <laughs> KFC fries, they've upped their fry game. I don't know if you've been in recently. No, I haven't, because Kate holds grudges against food, so we don't have KFC. What did, what did they do to her? Um, she had a KFC, and it was a bit poor, and then she ended up with the shits, basically. Sorry, Kate, for telling you, telling everyone. Um but yeah, that that her whole family hold grudges against food. It comes from her granddad. So her granddad won't eat, in, uh, won't drink in either Starbucks or Costa. I can't remember which one it was, because they gave him soy milk instead of normal milk. Uh-huh. So that's it now. No, never going back. And the whole family's gone. Yeah, the whole, family. whole family goes. Ah, oh, we're we're never going back there. So now, <laughs> now I have to sneak off and have a KFC. <laughs> <laughs> the CEO of Just Starbucks. like that. Oh. We've lost out to the Stanhoff family. <laughs> yeah, the Stanhoff family. No more. <laughs> My mum did that. Do you remember um, there used to be a, a, a video rental shop by where your mum works, down by that? Yes, bit. it's now uh, hairdressers, is it? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Or beauticians. We used to go there, and then once, when we went to return one, I, I don't know what had happened, but something was wrong with the return. With the return. Like, we'd done it wrong. Like, I don't know if we didn't have the case for it to go in, or <laughs> something had gone wrong, yeah. and they, they wouldn't accept it. So, no, I'm not accepting that tape back. We need you to go and get the case that's missing, or something. The tape. The v- my mum was like... The no. VHS. Yeah, yeah, VHS. So, from then on in, we never went back. We always went to the one the other side of town, opposite on, uh, on King Street go to the other side of town to go and get tapes now to get VHSs because my mum would never go your mum must have loved it when Blockbuster came out that's right kids oh. that's right yeah. kids that are listening that aren't listening Blockbuster yeah. it's basically a real life Netflix it's Netflix in, in person isn't it yeah and it was huge it, like the other places the, the one the, the other ones were quite small I remember when it came out mate it was like you fucking Blockbuster you could rent games, couldn't you? Yeah, you we could, used... Like, rent your, your cassettes. I remember me and Steve, like, one night, we, I don't know what the game was, but we vowed we would stay up all night to complete the game, because we had it for, like, two days. Yeah. So we had to stay up two nights on the trot to complete the entire game, and um, it was it was good to begin with, and then we both just got tired and we're like, well, should we just go to bed instead? We're like, yeah. <laughs> Those were the days, mate. Staying up all night playing either Tony Hawk or Goldeneye. They're re-releasing it, ain't they? On the Switch. I might have just made that up. That could be absolute bro science. Or, or a world exclusive. Either or, mate. Either or. <laughs> we'll never know. No. We'll never know. <laughs> I had it on the Wii. I remember getting the, the new, new one on the Wii. That was good. The Wii? Yeah. You never had a Wii. Bowling on the Wii. Tennis. Tennis on the Wii. Hold on to the remote properly, otherwise it will fly out of your hand. I tell you what, I've revisited the Wii recently because I um, I stay over at my mate's house when I'm working um, away, and he's got a house CEO. He's like, yeah, he's a reception. I think he's a reception. Maybe in year one. I think he's year one now, actually. And um, we 
me and me and his dad look after him on a Wednesday night, and babysitting is I just play on the Wii. I play on Super Mario Galaxy, and he watches and he thinks it's amazing. And so like he's obviously not very good because he's only eight or seven or something. Yeah. But I'm given I've already completed the game like ten years ago when it actually came. Out, <laughs> yeah. I can do all the early levels, and I'm quite I quite enjoy it because I, I don't play games so much. And so it just turns into like, oh yeah, Chris playing the Wii while his while some eight year old watches, and he's like really happy every time I get a star. He loves it, mate. Ray, racing Chris Smith on fucking Mario Kart, where he leaves little cheeky fucking bananas everywhere. Loves to leave the bananas. The best one's where you can throw the banana forward and then get. Them. You were always Donkey Kong, was that right? I was. I was. I think it was just you had to be Donkey Kong because he was quick, but he took a long time to get there. <laughs> um, that doesn't make sense. Be good at not crashing, which I probably wasn't. Or Luigi. Everyone wanted to not Luigi. Yoshi. Everyone wanted to be the fucking stupid mushroom. He can fuck off. Total. He can. He can fuck off. Fucking mushroom. Who wants to be a fucking mushroom? Yeah, it's the worst. Be a, be a fucking dinosaur or a plumber. It's yeah, fine. Exactly. Exa- <laughs> dinosaur or plumber. There's your options. You can be a mushroom, a dinosaur, or a plumber. Which one you pick? Go. Or discount Godzilla. Whatever. Not Godzilla, fucking King Kong. King Kong. <laughs> well, so discount Godzilla's Bowser. We've covered him already in the dinosaur section. Yeah, yeah, Bowser, Bowser, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, how good were we at fucking Mario Tennis, though? We tennis? No, we the Mario, Mario tennis. tennis. I forgot that game existed. It was literally, yeah. you would stay at the far end, and I would be on the line. <laughs> You were the, uh, the net. Yeah. We were like, imagine... Wa- Wario and... The other one. We were always the bad guys. Yeah. Donkey Kong. Yeah, it was like, when the Murray Brothers pay. <laughs> yeah. Didn't they win? I think they didn't win, actually. Um, did they not win Olympic gold? Oh, they probably won Olympic gold. Yeah, why not? Let's give it to them. Fuck it, they have now. They have now. They have now. Fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, right. What? Right, here we go. So we're actually going to get into it now. So, what do you actually do? Do you want to know what I do? I know you're a professor in something. Yeah, yeah. Well, my, my job title, I guess, is assistant professor. Um, so I work at Manchester Uni, the University of Manchester, in fact. In, in the business school, and I guess um, we got two two things that we do, right? Or two things it. that I do. One is I teach students stuff. 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 Bit yeah, vague. Stuff. Bit vague. I teach students stuff. So uh, last week, for example, last week, for example, I had um, four four classes. First one was on operations management uh, to second year undergraduates, so they're yeah in their second year of their degree. Um, and then I had some master students for my second class. They are they've done an undergraduate degree, they've done their first degree, and now they're doing a second one. But instead of lasting three years, which is an undergraduate degree, this is just like one year worth of extra stuff, um, and they're like quite expensive to do. So I had two classes that were master students, and then I had like um, a first year undergraduate undergraduate class where. They just like have a like a how do I describe it without being yeah 
you're there to kind of teach them about being at university, so I taught them about how to give presentations. Yeah, yeah. And I did a thing on like how to write an essay, and it's just sort of like trying to bring them in a bit gently so they've got some of those basic skills that aren't covered in any of the classes where you're teaching them content. And then, yeah, so uh, I suppose, yeah, an undergraduate lecture is two hours, and then a master's level lecture is three hours, which is like, it is too long. It's really long. Um, that's, that's too long. Yeah, so what you have to do, what I do, is I give them a break, obviously, in the middle, um, and then the last hour I set them like some tasks to go and do. Well, that makes sense, um, And they'll like, go and try and learn. So I'm doing project management at the moment. It's one of the classes I'm teaching. And the, their assessment, um, they're running a project for charity. So they've got to do whatever they want. Whatever they want in the project. Yeah. Raise money for whichever charity they want, as long as it's got a, a charity number. And they run a project or run an event or do something. Some of them are doing like a scavenger hunt. Someone, I think, wants to do like an art exhibition for people who like like injured I can't remember exactly what they're doing. So <laughs> yeah, no, let's, let's move away from that just in case. <laughs> just yeah. in case. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I've, I've, yeah. So, so, so that's the first thing I do is I teach people stuff. Yeah. Um, and then and the second thing I do is I do research into. Um, can I just say stuff again? It's I just do research. And just so does I research. Find out things that people didn't know before. Well, there you go. That sums it up. Yeah. So, like, yeah, you find out stuff that people didn't know before. But, like, about stuff that's, like, generically useful. So, my area is, um, my area is, like, decision-making. How can you take? So, let's say you want to make a decision, but there's not just you who's in charge of making that decision. It's Sean, but it's the whole Thompson family. And each one in the Thompson family might have a slightly different opinion of stuff. Yeah. And so how can you go around and capture the views and the wants of the entire Thompson family and then come to a decision that everyone, although they might not all agree with, or they might not say that's the best course of action, it's a course of action that everyone's willing to go with. And um, the different views can be, the, the term I might use would be accommodated. I can accommodate that view and that view and that view together. Oh, and so, yeah. um, so it's not just like, yeah, going off and doing that and coming out and, and the research is... And this is this is what the Thompson family decided they wanted. That's, yeah. that's not what my research is in. My research would be, this is the process that I went through with the Thompson family to help them make the decision. So that's the thing that is of interest to other people, is how did you make the decision rather than the decision that you actually made. God, yeah, how did you, yeah, how did you come about that decision instead of just... Yeah, yeah. what's the process? Or I'd say the methodology. Um, and then you write it up in a little journal and publish it, and, 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 and then other people read that and find out there what we you go. did, and then you can say, this is how to make it better. And so we just, everyone like shares all their stuff through these publications, and you read it, everyone's work, and then you say, oh, that's not very good, or that was not very good, and oh, I can do a better job than that. And, um, yeah. and that's, that's it. Have I shown you this? Probably not. Oh, no, don't worry, I'll show you this. This, this is what I did, this is the PhD, look. Imagine that. That's yours. That's me, I wrote all that. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully you typed it and didn't handwrite it. Yeah, I'll type it all up. <laughs> oh, I made a mistake on page 171. Start again. Fuck me. That's a big book, mate. It's a big book. Has it got pictures in it? Um, it's got some diagrams. It's not got like a picture of like... It's not got the picture of you doing the two thumbs up. Has it got a picture of you in the back of it? No, it's not. I, I know someone who did <laughs> a cartoon on it. Their PhD was in... You remember my cow disease? 
Mad cow disease, yeah. Of course, I remember that. Mad cow disease, BSE, whatever it's called. Yeah. Their thing, it was genuinely on, can garlic cure BSE, right? That was their PhD. They were, like, from Cardiff. And they did, um, they did this little cartoon of Garlic Man and, like, Garlic Man going around saving against some mad cow. That's fucking ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And he's a doctor. He's a doctor now. Yeah, Doctor John Wood. You should look him up. Doctor John Wood and Garlic Man. He's not as good as Laughing Man and Chuckle Boy, mate. So tell you what, I was actually I might have had a photo of that. The old man might have sent me one of those as well. Oh, uh, rascals! Yeah, rascals, mate. Do you not think it's mad that we have known each other for thirty years? It's crazy, isn't it? Thirty years. We went our separate ways for a little bit. Sure. Everyone does. Everyone does, but 30 years, mate. And I'll tell you what, it's, it's been really nice. I don't know if I've said this to you when we saw each other last or not. It's been really nice listening to the podcast because I kind of like know what you're up to these days. Ah, um, got you. And like, so now I like I see you and I'm like, oh yeah, I chat to Sean every week. And I'm like, I oh, know, he, he chats to me every week. Yeah, I know what you mean. I'm fucking, I'm terrible for it. Because I, I do the same with my, with my, uh, other, one of my other best mates, um, Nick, who... You met at my wedding, Jim, and the stag dude, obviously. And uh, I'm terrible for it. Like, I'm all I'm all for it when uh, when I'm like talking on the thing. Oh, you need to make sure you check in with your mates, make sure they're all right. Blah blah blah. I am a fucking nightmare because I'll be like, plants around, and it'll be like, oh shit, I haven't spoken to so and so for fucking ages. You send the photo um, of me, you, Spud, and all that doing that pyramid, right? Spud, Spud is now a listener, by the way. Hi, Spud. How you doing, mate? So I did, I did send it to him. He said he's got did massive you? ears, right? But something like that. I saw it on Facebook. But I had, I, I tried to text him the other week, but I didn't have the correct number. Oh no! Yeah. And I was like, because I haven't really been on Facebook that much. I've sort of stayed away from it. I've got it now for um, the podcast, but I don't exactly use it as such. But it's like. Oh, so you imagine how many other numbers I've got in my phone that probably don't coincide with whoever it is. It's madness. But I'm getting better at it now. I'm in a, a number of WhatsApp groups. Um, oh, yeah, but WhatsApp groups can be good, but they can also just be the worst. Oh, right. I've had to turn off notifications and the fact that it saves automatically because of Dan Shipper. Yeah, I was about to tell you what, Dan. Shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who gets who gets an honorary mention every time I do a podcast? Because he just sends fi- that man is a father of two kids, and he sends yeah. absolute filth. Yeah, yeah, I um, disgusting. I, the guy that I stay over his house, he's in a WhatsApp group. It might be with Dan Chipper, I don't know. <laughs> and and it was, it, I was just like there, and he was like, "Oh, look at this." And I was like, "No, there's no way." <laughs> no. So the only WhatsApp group I'm in with him is like with like our boss. So I'm pretty pleased that. He's <laughs> yeah, you only get you only get normal messages. Yeah, yeah. 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 So but yeah, I, I definitely need to get better at messaging. Um, well, close mates, I'd say. Me and you, we, me and you, chat quite a bit. I would say with it's mainly basketball related. Oh yeah, oh, it's going well for you guys, isn't it? Two, two, two and out. Two and oh, mate. I can't pretend like I watched either game, but I know it was no, two and a. <laughs> I started off but, um, when we moved to here. I guess um, the NBA was on BT Sport. Yeah. 
So I was like, well up for that, yeah, let's get BT Sport, because we needed BT anyway, and it was like, included in the package or something. And then like we moved in in the summer, just after the playoffs had ended, and then they announced just, oh yeah, by the way, uh, we're not doing the NBA anymore. It's on Sky now, isn't it? Missed out the season. Yeah, it's on Sky now. I'm lucky I've got Sky, but I'll put it on, and I'll be watching whoever's playing, and I'm like, uh... Bedtime now because I get I have to get up at like half past four to cycle to work. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I remember we came. I remember going to your house to watch the Lakers. It was the it was a series they lost. The like it was when they had a super team that lost in the finals, and that uh, it was like the game. It was like you know I don't know if it was game seven or it might have been a closeout game. And just coming around and like we watched like the first bit and then I just fell asleep. I was just like sleeping on your sofa. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we we used to do that with the uh, All Star game as well. All Star. We used to come around and watch the All Star game and just fall asleep. But luckily, mate, we had it recorded on VHS. VHS. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was it's talking so to the I was talking cool. to the girls about VHS. I can't jump on VHS that you recorded it off TV. And it had a skippy bit. I, in I won't it. say why you stopped the recording, but there's like a crucial bit in the film. Where like a fairly major plotline changes, which was never included. It wasn't in included, mate, because I went on off and had a massive wank. <laughs> so I was just like, there was like a whole plotline I completely didn't understand that happened until, until we got it on DVD. Until I saw it on like yeah on Netflix or something, I was like, what? That doesn't happen. Oh yeah, no, actually, it was the 10-minute preview. Yeah, mate. Oh, I was bashing one out to the 10-minute preview, pal. <laughs> Those are the days. <laughs> do they still do a 10-minute preview? I, I don't even have Sky, so I wouldn't know. I can't. I can imagine. I can't imagine. It's, it's probably quite redundant these days. Television X, mate. Can't imagine it's sort of. Uh, it's not that profitable. It can't be that profitable because you just go on YouPorn. Well, other, other porn sites are available, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not a paid product placement. <laughs> hey, you, Paul, if you want to sponsor the podcast. <laughs> there was a, tell you what, some university rugby team got sponsored by, I don't know if it was you, but I don't know who it was. Oh, was it Pornhub, wasn't it? Was it Pornhub? The, yeah, they had on the sponsor, yeah. And then the university found out, like, halfway through the season, they're like, uh, no. <laughs> Uh, uh, you might want to change that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imagine oh. that. And I bet, I bet, would you say porn? I bet they knew that, like, there's no way this is going to fly. There's no way you're going to let. Yeah, definitely. Think of the uproar that it's going to um, going to create and the amount of press will get over it. Yeah. Um, hashtag lads. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag porn for tries. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I was unfortunately at work, and the finals next Saturday, isn't it? Mm. Which I'm at work again, so I might have to. I know he sometimes listens, but my manager. But if I'm not doing anything, that's because I'm watching that. <laughs> so, obviously, this is, a, this is the site, isn't it? And um, you can't escape it for long enough to watch it when you get home. And nah, nah, because we have to remain on site. Yeah, so. Oh yeah, no, no, but you can't like. So when the Six Nations was on, I used to have uh, image, like when when Martha's working at weekends, I'll I take the kids of my own, right? Yeah. And um, 
when Imogen was born, or when Imogen was old enough. And I remember I'd, it would be about the same time as bedtime as the game being on. Yeah. So I'd have to like just try and not find anything out about what happened and then watch it after she got to yeah, bed. Yeah, that'll be difficult. You can't, you can't I could do that, but it'll be difficult, I think, especially with yeah. messages and shit. Yeah, so what I'll probably do... I can I can go up up in the office for a bit I suppose and maybe stream it legally obviously on on a ITV player there are yeah, other yeah so I might be able to do that um, as long as I've got phone signal to get if I get called out or or whatever I'm sure I'll find a way around it. No one's going to be like nicking stuff because everyone's going to be watching the rugby. So like if anything it's going to be the lowest crime rate. It could be. I mean, yeah, yeah. You're, you're I remember right. watching the last time he won the World Cup. Oh yeah, I, I, we, I, we were. I remember watching it in bed. I was in bed. We yeah. Must have been at school, right? Yeah, we were. We had a game that day. We did. We had a game that day, and I remember Burgess. I don't know what year we were in, but Burgess definitely gave a speech. We'd been year ten, talk. wouldn't it? Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, so Burgess was in year ten. That meant that time. Was it? When? When was it? 2003? 2003. Year 11, then. Last year? Is that year 11? Yeah. We left in 2003, pal. Oh, maybe, it was, maybe it was... And he was like, guys, this, the fact they won should spur you on, you know, draw inspiration. You should definitely win now because you're going to be motivated. And I was just there thinking, yeah, but like the team we're playing are also English. They are equally motivated. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Burgess with his fucking stupid head. He was annoying, wasn't he? Yeah. Is he, like, head of... Head of I don't know, what is it? Stubbsy, it? Head of PE. Head of PE. Yeah. Is Gary Priest there? Like, he was in your, your brother's year. And your brother's year. And my brother's <laughs> year. Yeah. yeah. Our brother's year. Yeah. Um, he might he be. Our brothers were there. He might be. I'm sure I saw him. Probably. i tell you what, actually what it was. I was searching for a different Gary Priest on LinkedIn. I don't know if you use LinkedIn. And that Gary Priest came up. I was like, oh. It's weird, and it was like something said something on bishops about him, and then I went and looked for the guy that works for the government. <laughs> and then you find the actual one you wanted. Yeah, the one that I was looking for that works for the Department for International Development. <laughs> yeah. Very different chap. Very different guys with very different views. Different strokes for different folks. <laughs> yeah. Different drinks for different needs. Um, <laughs> I just love. <laughs> I love the office. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's mate. It's so, so good. good. So good. Oh, mate. How, how fucking quick does time fly? We've done 40 minutes already. No, we haven't. Wait, where are the kids then? Because I thought you might have them. Shh. You said you might have them today. They're in the house. Are they? Nah, they're being good. They're watching them. They're either watching Sound Cat or Descendants or some rubbish. Now, we're going to go and have a daddy-daughter day in a minute. I told them that I was having a, a podcast. They know they know the gen now, mate. They're like, oh, daddy's going down the shed for a bit. It's fine. Um, now nah, they're good girls, to be fair. She's going to come up. Look what Jess punched me in the face. Yeah, Jess punched me in the face, Dad. <laughs> Look at my <laughs> Oh, well, bit of nostalgia for you. Yeah. Oh, hang on. I can see the stripes. Can you see it? It's on, it, on it's, on, it's, on the, it's on the guest chair. Oh, love that. First 50. It's got paint on it. Yeah. 
What's that stain on it? Paint, apparently. Or either that or I got really excited about rugby. Yeah, well, um, And also... Jess calls it her Hogwarts tie. I'm like, well, it's not yours. It's not yours. It's definitely my Hogwarts tie. <laughs> I, fuck I fucking earned this, motherfucker. Yeah, well, it's hard for that. Yeah, love, love that. Love that. Bit of nostalgia. Yeah, I, I got half colours eventually, so the old basketball. Yeah, yeah, it took you ages to get it, didn't it? it was like, I think I got it about the same time as I got my basketball flash. Yeah. I remember I got it in, like, year 11. Because <laughs> I remember oh, telling... Because really? it was, like... Old Stevie Bradley would come and speak to me and be like, "Well, who should be getting like half colours?" And it's like, "Well, Chris, obviously." And he was like, "Oh, okay." And it was like, "Next year, next year." It's like, "Well, Chris definitely needs his half colours. He's been fucking. <laughs> he's been the number one big man for the team since year eight. So can we fucking get his half colours?" We got. Uh, we had Rooney Pullen, six foot six. We had a tall team if we wanted it. I mean, the other oh, guys, if no disrespect to any other guys that would be listening <laughs> who played in that basketball team, hearts were never in it, were they? No. They were really committed to it, despite the fact that he was six foot six. I was the, I was the fourth tallest person on our team. Like, you got to remember that. I was probably six two at the time, right? So I was a tall for a 16-year-old or 15-year-old. Yeah. But we had, like, we had, what, Roly Pullen, it was six six, and then Paul Morris and, what was his name, the other chap? The other guy was awful. It was a, we had a few. But, yeah, we had... Um, I don't know if they played, actually. Brody Pullen turned up to training a few times. Yeah. But, I'd like to think we had a decent team, but in reality, we had two players. <laughs> when, we, when we started playing with George, um, I think we realised, actually, Steve Bradley taught us nothing. Yeah. He taught us how to do a fast break, and that was it. Yeah, fast break. No, he didn't teach us how to do a fast break. I'm going I'm to say you're wrong there. He taught us how to do a fast break drill. Um, yes. Did we ever use the fast break? No, no we didn't. Oh, we I think we probably a couple of times, but that was probably about it. But you know it's going downhill when they get the captain of the team and the vice captain of the team to take the training sessions because yeah. he can't be bothered. And like we were taking the training sessions for us, but also that when the year above were training as well. Yeah. Or, or and then it's like, can you two go and help do the year eights? Uh, we're yeah, in year nine. Do the year eights. Yeah, yeah, we're year nine. <laughs> I went and watched. Um, and then you, but then we ended up going obviously for the county team, and you're like, yeah. well, this is different. Yeah. And then you went off and did your uni stuff, and I, I did a little bit with uh, Big Z, and I, and I was like, this is a lot different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went down with was it Gloucester Giants? Yeah, I did. I did a couple with Gloucester Giants, which is quite ironic for me. Um, yeah. Uh, and was it the Illing, Illingsworth Tigers? Illingsworth Tigers. That was his team. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did a bit with them, and it was like, yeah. I mean, the co- the coach we had, uh, um, yeah, at uni. Actually, we had some, we had some quality coaches in the end, but I, I was just like, oh mate, we. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, if you, if you look at those guys, but then some of those chaps that come in from like Eastern Europe or yeah, uh, yeah. different like level, Spain, isn't it? or uh, we had a couple of Americans as well, and they were just like absolutely phenomenal. I remember this guy Lucas turned up, uh, but like, and he t- 
turned up and he thought, ah, oh, this guy can't play. He had like this big quiff thing. <laughs> <laughs> and he had like some like pristine white Nike Air Max off of the 80s. Love and I'm it. like, ah, this, this guy can't play. And I was like the, the chairman of the basketball club at uni. So I was running the, the taster session, trying to like get people involved. And he turned up a bit late. And he picks up a ball and he does it, you know, and he bounces it out to the three-point line. And I, you just, if someone just the first thing they do is they walk to the three-point line, you know they're going to be awful. <laughs> yeah. Because right? you, you don't warm up by shooting threes. Unless no. your name's Lucas. And he just stood there and he just went straight in. I was like, hmm? Just take notice, Get mate. Get another one back. Straight in. And I, I kid you not, this bloke played for, obviously played in the team. And every time, it just didn't miss. Just didn't miss. But it Mad, was just through practice. And one of the, the other chap on our team, who was like the second shooting guard, he, he like made team, what was it? It goes to Team GB at under 21. So he was England under 18s. Yes. Um, I don't know if he was like the starting guy for England under 18s, but he was in the England under 18 team. And he couldn't get, he couldn't get near the starting position because Lucas was just like that. Nah. No way, no way do you deserve to be on this team with me here. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, <laughs> crazy, mate. Anyway, which just goes to show how bad basketball is here, if you know, sorry. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think, well, with a lot of sports in Hereford, I think it's the same. Yeah, yeah, rugby, obviously, we, we've got a couple of people that have done well out of it through just the, the passion not, of the Bucks and Bishops. Not rugby, many, the, though, is it? Really? You've got, uh, obviously, the main one that stands out is Guy Thompson. Um, didn't didn't Joe, Joe Beeman's brother play? Yeah, he, he like played it. Yeah, he played England schools and then uh, played for Harlequins, didn't he? Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, Guy obviously now playing for Leicester, played for Wasps as well, didn't he? Um, uh, I believe Ed Ed Khan. Yeah, I know you mean. Yeah, a few years older than us, maybe two or three years. Uh, he's a year above us, I think. Yeah, but me. again, he only came into being a decent rugby player when he. But when he left, I think he went to France, didn't he? I but, don't know. I don't um, know. No, no, yeah. yeah, well, I mean, the, yeah, because they, they, because he he was yeah, but Ed Ed Khan, I swear it's Ed Khan. He uh, yeah. he he didn't play. He wasn't even in the first team, <laughs> which is saying something because the year above us was shit. But the, yeah, now, I know, but I know you mean because he, he came um, skiing. I did the ski tour, yeah, yeah. and he came skiing. He, he was good at that. But and I was in his group for skiing. But um, by all accounts, now according to Darren, because obviously Georgie goes to Bishops now. Oh, of course, but yeah. Bishops rugby is nothing like it was. As in downhill. Yeah, it's gone way downhill. Like they, they well for a start, they play football now. Today, today, yeah. the boy, the lads. Yeah, it's a proper football team now. They play. They play on the first team rugby pitch. How fucking oh, dare you! Sacrilegious! I told you I bumped into Steve Bradley. Did <laughs> I tell you I bumped into him? No. Bumped it. I was. Have I given you? Have I given you a bollocking yet? Yes, sir. No, no, no I haven't. But I'm gonna. But I'm gonna. <laughs> Just twenty, Tomo. <laughs> We got. We had to do a hundred press 
us on our knuckles, didn't we? Because we were, you were lifting me up and I was lifting you up to dunk it on the basketball. Yes, the and ball. fucking Nick Dallow. Nick Dallow! And he got away with it because he's the first in captain. Get, get, get away, Nick, run away. We'll take the blame. 100 press-ups each on your knuckles on the gravel. Cheerios. Couldn't get away with that now at school. No, you'd have to do it on, you know, on a matted area. A matted area and you'd have to write out why they've got a punishment. Yeah, yeah. Whereas we just had to just bleed through our knuckles the rest of the day. Yeah, mate. Picking grit out. Oh, yeah. Oh, that'll do it. I bumped into a, 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 what was it, a bloody ice hockey match. Imagine that. Random. Game of ice hockey in Cardiff. See Steve Bradley. I was like, he's Bradley. He was like, yeah. He's like, you were a bishop, weren't you? I was like, Yes, I was. <laughs> <laughs> Correct Amundo. Correct Amundo. Listen, there's a story for you. There's a story. Yeah, I, I was a. Yeah, I was in like one. I knew someone who like knew one of the sponsors and we'd just gone there. It was just before Imogen was born, so we'd gone for a night out, and um, we had like free beer in our little booth thing. And I was like, "Trying a beer?" I was like, "They're free. I'll just go get you one." He's like, "Nah, nah, I'm right." And so we chat, and at the end, he goes. Smithy, I'll, I'll have two beers, actually, mate. <laughs> 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 but they got rid of him quite quickly. I don't know what happened, but they, they got rid of him. Um, he said that he said they don't like me there anymore. Yeah, I wonder why that is, Steve Bradley. They got John Escott back. He was the old, the old little Welshman who used to do the rugby. Yeah, he's like hundred years old. Yeah, he was a hundred years old when Mister Archer was there. Well, he, he was there, i tell you this, have, you told, have I told you the story of when my dad hit him through a blackboard? He was playing, my dad used to play, was in the, the basketball team for what was Haywood, but it was called Red Hill. Yeah. Right? And then they were playing bishops at, at basketball, and they didn't have enough players, so John Escott played. And he was being quite mean to the other guys on his team. And like, my dad, obviously, was quite large-framed. And so Escott kind of got in his way and my dad just like just pushed him like just like absolutely bounced him out of the way and he bounced him into a blackboard that was on the side of the court because that's just a sensible place for it to be and he went through the blackboard brilliant brilliant <laughs> Mr Escort mate he, he said to he said that Darren was too small to ever play rugby so Darren stopped playing rugby until year 11 and then played in the first team won the Anglo won the Anglo Welsh Cup they're big now, aren't they, though, those rugby players, though? I'll tell you what. They're massive. Ridiculous, yes. mate. They're like your height, 20 stone, yeah. and can run the 100 metres in like 11 seconds. Just like that's Ian Budge pace, that is. That's Ian Budge pace. Better name than the song that enters my head for. Mate, there's going to be people listening to this going, what the fuck are you two talking about? But I already pre-warned and we're going down memory lane, so. Sorry, 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 sorry Donna. Yeah, sorry Donna, sorry Darren. So, oh, Chris, you're already listening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, to be fair, I've got a few few little cheeky listeners now, which is nice. Um, yeah. Hopefully they would have switched off as a result of this. Yeah, they probably switched off when you started talking about your job and everyone went, uh, yeah, not interested, mate. I want to hear about mental health. Well, but that's the thing about mental health, right? 
it's not always doom and gloom, which is what a lot of people think. They think, they go, right, you're depressed, that means you're doom and gloom. Uh, but that's not, that's not what it is. It's just you have moments where all of a sudden everything just sucks in at once. And the only way I describe it, it feels like, you know when you get really claustrophobic and you don't know why and you're like, oh, I don't know how to get out of this. And then you like get really emotional for no reason. Like, I've never, I've always been quite emotional, but not, like I, my emotion would come out in different ways, as you'd know. Like when I play basketball, I'd get very angry quick. Very quick, like not to flash in 0.1 seconds. Um, um, and that's always been the way I've dealt with it. I'd just get angry and shout and roar. And then all of a sudden it wouldn't come out. And it was like, I don't know what's wrong with me, you know. But finding this, and to be fair, having people like yourself that talk to me about the podcast and talk about the issues that. I've had and have always been there like you've always texted me saying if you need a chat mate not that I've always gone yeah all right, I'll chat to you right now but it's nice to have people there that, that will listen and the reason that's the reason why I started this podcast was because I didn't know as you know and you're the same with dyslexia and things you can't always articulate it onto a piece of paper oh yeah Most so, to talk to write. so I was like what can I do to help myself get through it and like I've said a number of times it doesn't you don't always have to talk about how you're feeling just talking like like we're doing now we're talking we're going down memory lane and already I'm fucking laughing and smiling and and like fucking this is this is brilliant which is the reason why I started it because this is what this is what it's all about it's not always about oh when you're down and down and out what you got to do is be positive yeah, cheers yeah. for that. Cheers for that advice. I haven't. I haven't tried. I haven't tried to be positive. Yeah. Yeah. What are you feeling about? Just feel better. Just. just do that. Hey, what you need to do? Just, just, just be better. Just do. Just. Just do better. But that's the thing, right? A, a lot of people don't realise what it's like when when you've got in your head fucking horrible negative thoughts. Like the amount of times where I thought I was fucking useless. Um that I was a bit of a letdown and things like that, because this all stemmed from when I left the military and I fucking didn't talk about it. And that that's a huge thing, right? Because at that point, I was Sean, I was Tomo, I was a gunner, I was going off to war. I had a purpose. And I left and I was a security guard. Different. And it's like, uh, what now? You know? Um, and... I've um, sort of put a post up about it, um, uh, it was either yesterday or the day before, that they don't do enough for that transition. Definitely. Like, when I, when I did my resettlement, it was literally, what course do you want to do? And instead of them going, you might want to do something with a trade, for example, I literally went, well, the only thing I'm good at is force protection slash security work, I'll go and do close protection course. Which, yes, it's a fucking brilliant bit of kit to have. Like, I could go off and do what my old man does if I wanted to, but the reason why I left was to be close to the family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but instead of me, instead of me, like, sitting down and thinking and going, right, what I'll do is I'll do a plumber course, I'll do an electrician course, something with a trade. I'll go off and 
be a fucking mechanic. Not that I'm mechanical minded or anything like that. But like uh, to be to be fair, a lot of the different trades within the military, they all have a trade. Like you've got your MT drivers that um, are mechanics, basically. You you get electrician trades, you get your engineers, all that sort of thing. There's a, there's also that percentage that are boots on the ground, the grunts as they call them, infantry soldiers. You don't have a trade. What's your trade that I can I can effectively suppress the enemy at 400 meters? Yeah. Oh yeah. I I just thought I'd go in and just like be a mercenary. Yeah. Exactly. And then you, in your head, you're like, well, I know how to fire a rifle. I know how to protect people. What I'll do is close protection. I did executive close protection, which doesn't have the rifles and guns and things. But but there isn't that support to then go, you might want to do this. You might feel like this. Well, they didn't guide you. So no, they, no. They offered the courses, but they didn't guide you. No, they don't they guide you at all, mate. And, and they you're don't... In, you're in a... You're in a yeah. They don't then... Right, so basically, what happens is, you go from being a civilian, you get broken down, and then built back up, and then you're fucking squatty, basically. You're fucking trained to do certain things, you're trained to think this way, you're trained to do that. You're broken down from the civilian version of yourself, built into a military version of yourself, and then they go, ha, when you leave, go on. And then you're like, well, I don't know how to be. Yeah. I'm usually told I've got to be here at this time. I've got to do this at this time. And then you go into an office with a civilian like yourself and you'd be like talking and, they, and you ain't got... Sometimes I'll probably say things and you'll be like, what the fuck are you talking about, mate? No, I do. You're not right, right, yeah. Don't speak your language. Yeah, it's a different language. It's a different world. And it's just that they need to do that transition from... Mm. Yeah, much better. Better. They do some some um, site uh, sites, some like camps and things like that. I'm sure they do. But I was talking to a mate of mine uh, yesterday, Dan Gentry. If you're listening, he probably is. Um, he was posted to Cyprus basically, and then he got military uh, medically discharged. He had a um, problem with his feet from um, he got like frostbite and it didn't heal properly. But that's another story. But he was getting ready to go on the range. He was bombing up his pistol mags. He's doing a pistol range. And they, they came over to him and went, Oh, by the way, um, you're out now. As of 8 o'clock this evening, you're, you're out. And he was like, what? There's no way to do it, is it? But he's in Cyprus. Yeah, I'm in Cyprus. <laughs> I'm going to shoot some stuff. I'm getting ready to go on the range. Nah, mate. Not you might want to go to stores and take all your kit back. He's good your stuff, mate. Yeah, it's just that transition phase, and they wonder why so many veterans then start having these depression problems, these other sorts of issues, and it's just a difficult transaction, really. And it, it and sometimes you block out the people that are closest to you, which is a huge thing. I blocked out Kate, I blocked out the kids, I blocked out Darren, my mum. No, even me, old man. Nobody knew what I was going through. Like Kate, Kate would ask me, "Are you all right?" And I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, fine." Because you're you're a soldier, you're an airman, you're a sailor. You're even to the point paramedic, fireman, police officers. Yeah, I'm fine because you're supposed to be strong. And they and then 
you think in your head, oh, if I'm feeling depressed and, and crying, I'm not strong, I'm weak. But that's not the case. And I found that by talking on here, talking to yourself, talking to whoever's listening, that it's all right. It's all right to fucking have a, a meltdown and have a little cry. It's fine. I mean, the thing is, like, we, I say we all do it. We, we probably do not all suffer from the same issues, but everyone has a has a moment. Yeah, right? of course. You know, I, when I was, I showed you that book thing earlier. When I was in the middle of doing that, like, there'd be days where we'd be just like, I can't do this. It's too hard. Like, this is impossible. Yeah. And like, I'd literally, um, yeah, break down and just like start crying. And like, the only person that knows that, apart from you now. And, and Dan Gentry is listening. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's Martha, right? So she was there, and I was like, "It's just, I just don't. Know, it's too difficult. It's, yeah. so, it's so much work, and I can't see when I'm ever going to finish this thing. I can't do it. And the only reason I stayed, well, not the only reason I stayed, but you're thinking, but I can't back down now. I can't leave no, no. because my identity is I'm Chris, the PhD student. So I can't stop it because yeah, I have yeah, to yeah, finish definitely. it. Um, and I know people who have left who've stopped doing their PhDs, not not through their choice. Um, and, uh, you know, the one that I'm, I, I still had a, a, a bit of contact with afterwards for, for quite a while, she was like, yeah, she just suffered from a loss of identity. And I spoke to her a few months afterwards and she, like six months afterwards, she just started to come around to the fact that she was no longer a PhD student. But her, her identity was, yeah. I'm this, I'm this the PhD and, it, and the other person who, um, Again, for whatever reason, won't go to why, but she's no longer a PhD student. Um, she, I think she couldn't deal with the fact saying, guys, I went half around the world to do a PhD and I'm now no longer doing it. And yeah. I want to fight to stay and do it. And I'll say, well, I'll do whatever I can to make it so I can carry on because there's this loss of identity, there's this loss of self. Yeah, and I, I know think what you it's mean. Similar. Yeah, it's very similar. To you. It's very similar. It's when you've put so much effort into something and then it's not and then you stop doing it it's like like yeah i i put on uh on on the post that i put on on instagram yeah i didn't do the amount of service that my dad and uh and my granddad did my granddad did 36 years my dad did 22 years but still like my dream ever since i was little was to join the air force and then when I left, yeah, I did five and a half years. That's still five and a half years and most people. And I went away three times in that time. And, and that's a big stress on any, especially when you've got a wife and, and a daughter. Yeah. At the time, I only had Jess. And then, then we fell pregnant with Sophia. And it was like, well, Sophia's on her way and we're getting ready to deploy. And it's like, I can't, I can't do it again. Like, yeah. The last tour I did was seven months long, and my R and R was in. So we got out there in October, and my R and R was in December. So I then literally had like five months Nothing. of z pretty much zero contact. Like, yeah, we had the iPad. I could have FaceTime. It's not the same. It's not the same. And especially if um, other army units or even our regiment, because we had a few issues. Um, a mate of mine, Robbo, who lost both his legs. We had Priddle, who got shot, um, and things like that. As soon as an incident happens, whether it's an army unit, air force unit, or whatever, as soon as there's an incident, they cut off all contact. So all um, 
Uh, all the phone lines go down, yeah. all the internet goes down. It's called Op Minimize. It's basically so that we don't then text or, well, not text, yeah. send an email yeah. or whatever saying, oh, so-and-so has lost his legs, and then they then tell someone else. And Yeah, yeah. yeah so some, sometimes you, don't, you, you lose all the, all the connections. But, yeah, went off on a bit of, tan- a, bit of a tangent there. Uh, what was no, I, I remember when you told me that you got in, like, because uh, I knew you were planning on going in. I remember, um, I actually, I still vividly remember the phone call where we were talking. I, re- I can tell you exactly where I was. I was in a stairwell uh, where Martha was a uni and her was a resident, second year of uni. Um, I remember just like, you you just being absolutely elated. You'd got in, you'd done it, you'd passed yeah. um, your entrance tests. And I remember just like, I remember coming out and telling Martha, I was like, Sean's got in, he's like achieved his dream. I, I was just saying, this is like, I know he's aimed at this ever since I've known him. Like, he's wanted to go into the Air Force, and he's done it. I'm, like, being absolutely, like, elated for you, buddy. Yeah. Um, but, like, again, that happened, like, when, 22? I was 20. Like 21, when I, 22? 20. 20, 20 yeah. yeah, that makes sense. I had my 21st birthday. I had my 21st birthday in a field. Didn't we all? <laughs> <laughs> but it's amazing that once you get to the point where you've I, I like to joke about and say I've completed it mate my life I've completed it there's, there's, yeah like I did the, the job that was my dream job yeah I wouldn't have minded doing a bit longer but things change ambitions change things like that got married actually I had Jess first but got married had kids bought my own house I've got a decent job now. I've got a decent job that I'm actually enjoying now. Completed it, mate. Is that life? Did that level? Done it. You've done it on hard as well, mate. Yeah, done it on hard. It took us a while to get the house and things like that. But I've not, I haven't yet got to the point where I've stopped. I've, I, there's things that I want to do. There's things that I want to achieve. I obviously want to make the podcast bigger. I obviously want people to understand that the message that I'm trying to sh- spread out there. That just talk, basically. I, I spent a good 15 episodes talking to myself. They were good episodes as well. Well, thank you very much. But, it, like, how did you feel when you finished your PhD? Because the reason why I say that, because obviously a big uh, person that I've sort of followed and looked up to now is... Uh, Tyson Fury, and the reason why I say that, he won the World Championships yeah. and then got depressed yeah, because Wales. he didn't know what to do. Well, I, 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 I've thought, of, like, t- so I finished in 2015, and I tell you what, 2015 was the most ridiculous year of my life, because I got, I finished the PhD, I handed it in, and then on the Wednesday, and then the next, on the Saturday, I got married, and then we moved house that year, and then Imogen, we got obviously honeymoon um, and then Martha got pregnant with Imogen and then I started the job at Manchester Uni and then we got married in May and so all that happened within for 12 months and then Imogen was born end of April no. the following year yeah. so like this sort of idea that yeah you finish this and then everything stops and falls away if, if I'd just done the PhD and that was it and I had nothing else to do then I, I don't know what I'd have done but I, I, I was so busy but like the PhD, I was working probably, I'd wake up a typical day, and this is why you know, I was saying like the stress and stuff, 
towards the end, a typical day would look like I'd wake up, or Martha would wake up for work, for, leave from the house at eight, so she'd be up by seven. So I'd be up about the same time. And then I'd just go sit down at my computer, just work, and like proper work as well, just going, writing, doing stuff. And I'd probably finish work maybe 11 p.m., maybe go through to 1am if I had the energy and then I'd just go to sleep and wake up the next day and just do the same thing over and again. So much so that I was having the same breakfast every day. I always had like crunchy nut cereal with like strawberries and honey on because I couldn't think about what to have for breakfast. Yeah, I yeah. To have the same thing. Your, your, no, your mind is on something else. You've got another no task. to do anything else. Once I even put, instead of putting the strawberries away in the fridge, I put the cereal back in the fridge, right? I closed the fridge door and later in the day and I realised, oh, I put the cereal in the fridge. I don't have any time to go in to change that. Martha will have to deal with it when she gets home. Yeah. And I, sure enough, the next day she's like, Chris, why's the cereal in the fridge? Oh yeah, I remember doing that. I just... Busy. Didn't have any time. <laughs> I'm busy. Yeah, I, it wasn't even, I just couldn't even like comprehend going back and fixing that. Can you imagine that? Like your brain just hurt. You, you're so focused on what you're doing, I can't comprehend going back to the fridge, opening up. Yeah, yeah. The, um, you know, me mentally, I was, like, there was time where I was shot as well. I was like really, really struggling with stuff and the pressure because I had a deadline, I had to finish yeah. mine. If I didn't finish, that was it. I'd say like, if you if you submit too late, that's five years gone, mate. You're gone. Um, that is pressure, that. And, and, and I just, like, yeah, literally, I, str I struggled, really struggled with some stuff at points. Um, and it's an isolating job, you know, because mental health is a big issue in, in my line of work of as well. Um, just because you're just constantly told you're not good enough. Like, the whole job, I said research, but you do the research, you send it off to someone, and they write back and say, ah, that's not good enough. Uh, change it. Yeah, change um, it. Do better. Do, yeah, do better. And so you could spend years writing something... And then someone says, oh, yeah, that's no, not good enough. You did this wrong. Whatever, get on with it. And so it, it can be it can be quite difficult as well. Oh, I bet. Um, in, in that so it's a weird it's a weird job. Very weird job. Um, but, yeah, I was just completely, at points in the PhD, completely gone. And, yeah, and no capacity to talk to anyone. Couldn't say to this person or that person. The only thing I did that probably kept me sane, apart from Martha, who was very good at keeping me grounded, um, was I went and played basketball once a week. And yeah, so I had a group you, need that, you need that little... That's yeah. something. Yeah, I know. Something. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean by that. You need that little. Like I, I used to just go to the gym. That used to be my outlet. I used to say I'm going for therapy, and that would be I'd be lifting fucking heavy weights. That would be my therapy. Um, and then obviously I did basketball for a little bit, which I need to get back to because I fu I fucking love it. I love basketball. But at the minute, Kate got, Kate's fitness class that she does and yeah. is, is on the is on the same day. And our Tuesday is ridiculous because the girls have ballet. Kate's got that. Kate's also at work on Tuesday as well. And it's like ah, too much. And then it's like, oh, I'll, I'll just lift some kettlebells in the shed or something. Yeah. Yeah. Because I started doing basketball, because there was basketball in Hereford, it all kind of shut down, and there's something on a Sunday, but Sundays don't really work, because you've got the kids, and yeah, family yeah. time and stuff. So, um, so you know Ed Kirk, remember Ed? I do know Ed, oh, yeah. Ed. Hello, good, Ed. Good lad, Ed. Um, me and him would just go and shoot down um, Park, Gorsley Lane Park. Yeah. On the crappy, is it Astro, it's not even Astro Surf, is it? No. It's like gravelly. Um, so we went, and we went a couple of weeks in a row, and then... Just now, by the time we get there, it's too dark, so we just we just don't go now. So like in the summer, we'll 
probably go out and start shooting hoops again. Yeah. But in the winter, it's just like, yeah, we need an actual venue. Yeah, and then you have to pay for it. And it's just it's a pain, a, isn't it? And it you, yeah, exactly. You need people regularly turning up. Yeah, it's, it's expensive to hire the, the, the venues. So then, but then all we really want to do is just shoot some hoops and like chat and like be adults. Just want to mess about. Oh, so that's what this um this thing that I've been going to is literally just a shoot about, which is yeah. nice. They, they were like, oh, you can go to Maidstone Warriors if you want. And, and I was like, yeah, nah. I'm 32. My ankles are shot. I tell on my knees. I probably won't. <laughs> oh, is it, oh, it's so, so annoying. My ankle, like, oh, old man complaining about his health now. But, like, I injured it a while ago. And now whenever I run, after a bit, it just really just yeah. hurts. And you just think, I just can't, I just can't run anymore. Yeah, my, mine really are fucked like, anyway. Mine have been, been fucked since. I, I, I swear it's because... Do you remember like, when we were playing... So I'm just doing my fucking shoe legs up. When we used to play out either at your mum's or, or at my mum's on the basketball things and we'd like be doing layups or whatever and then just randomly just roll your ankle. But then oh, you'd be yes. like, ah, oh, it's all right, we'll just fucking carry on just playing. Going on that, fine. Yeah, we probably did some ligament damage, I reckon. <laughs> Didn't you break your... Finger, your middle finger's wonky, isn't it? Cause yeah, 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 I broke it. Never, never tied it to the other finger, and now it's just... Yeah, like, my, my old man told me... To, that was against um, Tembury. My old man told me to carry on playing. Good he day. Right, he was he right. Cause, cause, yeah. Or banana finger Thompson. <laughs> yeah, mate. Banana finger. Right, dude. That's been like... A good 75 minutes worth of... Is it? Well, why, I should let you get on with your day. Yeah. And, uh, That's what I was going to say. I've got to go and take the girls out and, and put some money in the bank and all that sort of stuff. What, what, um, what are you planning for the girls? What are you going to do? Um, they want to go into town and spend their pocket money. Oh, nice. Apparently. And me being an idiot, I said to them, next time it's a daddy-daughter day, we'll go, in, we'll go to Five Guys or something. So... Jess, being the elephant brain that she is, doesn't yeah. forget anything that I ever say. So she was like, oh, so we go into Five Guys today. It's like, yeah, okay. We'll do that. Um, but obviously, what I really would love to do is go for a Beefy Boys, but it's too far away. Beefy Boys. Yeah. Love that place. Of course you do. Right. Enjoy your Five Guys. I will. And Have you seen that, though? Oh. <laughs> you got me. Got ya. So oh, we're winning. winning. Winning, mate. Winning, <laughs> mate. Um, yeah. So we'll have to do this again, Chris, because that was fucking epic. Yeah. Well, sorry for all the listeners that were expecting something better. I you think that was actually it. we've covered some good topics, mate. We've got a bit deep at times as well, which is nice. We have gone deep. That's nice. And you've done your shout-outs and stuff, haven't you? Oh yeah, I do that at the beginning now. Uh, covered off. Covered it, mate. They always get a mention. They do, mate. They're, hey, Beefy Boys, right? This, right. My fucking brother is one of your top chefs. Sponsor me. Fuck. He's a sponsor, Beefy Boys. I tell you what, I saw Murph walking around um, with his kid yesterday in a park, and I should have gone up to him and said, Why are you not sponsoring me? Exactly, Zero why podcast? not? Granite Zero podcast. Anyway, dude, I'll catch you in a minute. Yeah. Alright, bye. There's another one. All right, dude. I'll catch you in a bit. See ya. Ciao. So there you have it. There's the Grand and Zero podcast with my best mate of 30 years, Dr. Chris Smith. That was a fantastic 
brilliant conversation that I had with Chris. And as always, it's amazing to to talk to talk to Chris. He is, without doubt, one of my best friends, and I loved it. But anyway, it's time for me to wrap up this instalment of the Granite Zero podcast. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Thank you very much to Combat Fuel. Remember, go to Combat Fuel and at checkout, put in the promo code WARRIOR15 if you want 15% off. But for now, as they say in the regiment, per Arjua, yeah, through adversity, I'm Tomo and I'm out. Hello, Charlie Charlie One. This is Granite Zero. Out.